Hello and welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul. My co-host Justin Baker and I are ready to dive into all things NHL, all the current things going on. Uh, we are just going to jump right into it. Uh, Peter Laviolette, of course, by now you know he's been fired. And today, the Nashville Predators and general manager David Poyle have hired former New Jersey Devils head coach, who was just fired not too long ago, John Hines, to be their new head coach. Not interim. He is their head coach. Yeah, what, uh, a quick days? turnaround. And, uh, they Obviously, Poyle sees something in John Hines that I don't. <laughs> I definitely don't see it. <laughs> uh, your thoughts on... First off, your thoughts on Laviolette getting fired. I think we did mention him as a guy that we thought probably would be fired if Nashville didn't turn it around quickly. And then John Hines. Yeah, I think he was a guy we talked about on the hot, on the hot seat for a while. Um, and we also talked about John Hines, too, before he got he got canceled. That's true. We should. Who do we want to talk about? Who do we want to get fired next? <laughs> hey, you know, Jeff Blaschel is uh, Dude, I'm like sorry, the fourth or third most t- long-tenured coach in the NHL right now. Yes, and that's <laughs> he's not going to get fired because Iserman loves what's happening right now. I, he, he, why wouldn't you? You're gonna, Okay, you could, you know, lock up, you know, Lafreniere or Byfield. I mean... Yeah, why not? Uh, but you know what? So John Hines, this is this is puzzling because there's a reason he was he was let go in New Jersey, right? I think you looked at all the pieces. I think as a GM, you did what you could to try to make the Devils more exciting and more capable of competing, right? You bring in PK Subban, Wayne Simmons. I mean, granted, Wayne Simmons isn't going to put up the crazy production he used to, but the leadership's there, you know, and you, he could still chip in. And so you look at all these pieces that were brought in. And you think, okay, good. Now my coach has something to work with. He can maybe get him close to back to a playoff team like they were when Taylor Hall was going crazy, right? Yep. Couldn't some I, he couldn't put it together? I don't understand why Granted, he couldn't. PK Subban can't put anything together. Right no, now, he so. can't. I mean, yeah. So, so ultimately he had to go right, and I think it was the writing on the wall. It wasn't one of these situations where just. Um, you know, like with all these other coaches we've seen get fired because of misconduct or just stupid things they've said 10 years ago. But sure. uh, so there's a reason he was let go. And so you just, I mean, within less than a 24-hour turnaround, you bring in a guy who was canned for that. Like you had to have had your eye on this guy from the minute he was fired and you thought, okay, good. This is the guy I'm bringing in if Laviolette can't turn it around. Like right. you already knew the minute he got yep. canned. Yep. And I, I don't know, maybe it's a safe play to where you're like, you know, as a GM, you could say, oh, well, I don't necessarily think you could even say that. But like as a GM, you have an excuse to fire him, you know, after a season if he can't figure this thing out, maybe. But yeah, I, I think the reason that he got brought in was because if you remember the year that the Devils did go and make the playoffs, it was because John Hines kind of quickly went in and made he made some changes. He got he actually. Uh, was one of the first guys to just implement this speed, high forecheck, and just use all these small little guys to go in there and, and try and wreak some havoc and catch teams off guard. My guess is that David Poyle said, look, we've got all this talent. We have guys who have speed. But for but in Peter Laviolette's system, it's just not it's not being utilized that way. And I think that Nashville maybe has more speed than we think. And so my guess is they looked at John Hines' system. And and John Hines was probably able to go, yeah, here's what worked in New Jersey. And here's here's what didn't. Here's what I'd want to change. Here's what I'd want to do with Philip Forsberg. Here's what I want to do to try and and turn Kyle Turris around. I think that I can do it. Like, if you're John Hines, you're going into a meeting and you're going, look, this is why 
It's not working with this player, with this player, with this player. I can turn Johansson, Forsberg, Turris. I can turn these guys around. And I like we already have great defense. I don't even have to touch that. And we can change the way that these forwards are playing and allow them to utilize their speed and open this up a bit, but also within the, a structure. Uh, I think that's probably what they're they're looking at. He obviously convinced Poyle that he can turn some guys' seasons around halfway through the year. Yeah, and I think, too, as a GM, like your eyes would light up at that thought, right? Because, I mean, honestly, for the last three or four years, I've looked at a guy like Philip Forsberg and said, I want more. I need more. This is a guy who should be, like, literally at the top of the scoring race every year. The talent he has and, like, the guys that are around him, right? I mean, he has defense who can move the puck up yep, even yep. on their third pairing. Yep. So why isn't this guy producing more? So, yeah, I, I'm I actually thought Nashville would have been a great fit for Babcock. <laughs> like bring him in really? for like sign him to just like a two two year deal and tell him just go in here make your changes and let's go let's see what we can do. I think Babcock would have been fine had you decided to sign him after the off season, but I don't think you can bring him in mid season just with all the you know the shit that's yeah, going all, down with all him. The stuff so that people are tired. You got to let know, it cool he, a little bit. Yeah, I think he could. He he has been someone who can like get a lot out of little, and so I, he might not have been the the worst choice. But John Hines, I guess, is the safe and. Probably a cheap choice. Yeah, probably a lot cheaper. And I think now, too, like a lot of, and not to knock on Babcock, but I think a lot of GMs are now going to start hiring guys that are more player friendly and not as rough around the edges, yeah. per se. Yeah, so. Babcock needs to, like, he needs to go back to the drawing board and go, all right, I need to change. Right. I need to show them that I went to, like, some sports psychologist and like, <laughs> got my, there got you my go. stuff together. Um, okay, yeah. So, I mean, do you think that this move, will be successful in getting Nashville to the playoffs? Ooh, that's a good question. And honestly, I don't, I don't have an answer because um, I, right now I, I'd probably say no because they do have some good teams ahead of them. They need to jump. Granted, I think maybe Minnesota is going to start to plateau and they're going to start to dip and you know maybe Nashville can jump a team like that, maybe Winnipeg um, you know, in the wild card spot. And so maybe ultimately they do find the playoffs. But I'm not overly optimistic right now because John Hines didn't show me a lot in New Jersey, especially this year when he had better tools to work with. Um, so maybe I'm 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 going to be hesitant a little so bit. Do you I think, think that New Jersey has more has better players? No, than I'm not saying they have Nashville. better players. I'm just saying he he had better players this year in New Jersey than he did last year, and he still couldn't make it work. Yeah. So, uh, in fact, they just got worse, in my opinion. So, yeah, my my guess is that just whatever whatever system he implemented. It was just, it just wasn't working for the players that Ray Shero brought in, and I think there was this realization: this isn't going to work. And obviously, Poyle thinks that it could work in Nashville. Uh, I think, old, like when I look at the teams ahead of them, I go, "All right, I, th- I like, I think Arizona, they're probably going to make the playoffs, like just based on what they've done." I, I still don't think Taylor Hall's clicking on all cylinders quite yet. Uh, I like Edmonton to make the playoffs because I think that. Old, like Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl are just that good. So you're gonna stop gonna, breaking ankles? Can we can we right. just talk about what Dude, he did at Morgan, Morgan Riley? Riley? Yeah, right. <laughs> Holy mackerel! The Leafs don't need another broken ankle. In uh, Vancouver, I think has actually has the depth all throughout their lineup to where they they're I think they're a solid wild card team. Like they may not make the playoffs, but I don't I don't think that they're going to be a team that drops out of this. I think they'll be in competition for a playoff spot 
I will say, year. I would love to see them in the playoffs. Yeah, oh, me too. I mean, like you talk about the depth, right? With JT Miller in there now and and all these other pieces they've added to Markstrom's having a career year, I think would just be, it would be interesting to see them in there. And, you know, granted, Markstrom is a free agent now too. So mm-hmm. that just ups his value if they make it in the playoffs. So. Markstrom's a great story because he's been a guy who it's it's really taken him a long time. A long time. To, <laughs> to get to this point. And, you know, he's he's a great example of like, don't give up on a goalie just because he has bad years like if you believe in a guy stick with him uh, I do think that Calgary is gonna gonna make a push for something like they're probably gonna make some kind of move because I don't think that Calgary wants to make miss the playoffs because their team is just veteran laden like they need to they need to do something to pull them into the playoffs and then hope for the best that you know hope maybe you can squeeze by a, a top team and and that you can go on a little run doesn't matter where you finish in the regular season, just get in. Yeah, look at Columbus I, last I, year. Yep. So I think there you they'll go. do what they need to do to get in. Uh, speaking of Columbus, I think we can probably good segue talk about their uh, their surge. They're seven one and two in their last ten. I think they're unbeaten and like other. Than, I think they've lost once in regulation in their last fourteen. Yeah. It was a crazy stat I saw the other night. Um, yeah, they have moved back into playoff contention. They're one point out of the playoffs. Yeah, and it's it's crazy to think as good as they've been, right? The teams ahead of them have just been, I don't want to say as equally good, but they've been playing pretty good hockey too. So uh, maybe outside of Philadelphia, I think the rest of the teams ahead of them in the standings have been, you know, keeping pace with the rest of the the boys in the in the East, and so it's just been harder for them to crawl in. They just have to keep this run going, and surprisingly, you know, Elvis Merlickens is actually playing some pretty good hockey. Your boy, Elvis. Bro. Yeah, he. Looked Elvis Merlin. Terrible. Went to the HL, comes back because of the injury to Corpusalo. And now he's, I think his last five, he's 3 1 and 1 and has like a 932 save percentage. It's some crazy stat like that. So he's playing great hockey right now, which is what they need. But what I'm interested to see, and I've heard it a couple times already, and I don't, I don't like to really read into rumors too much, but sometimes when I see it a thousand times, you know, that whole smoke, sure. there's fire thing, I keep hearing Jimmy Howard's name thrown around going to Columbus. Mm. Uh, which would be interesting because, again, you know, uh, Corpusala is going to be out another four to six weeks, they said, which at this point I'm probably just going to have to drop him in my fantasy league, and that's <laughs> depressing. So, Because uh, he's still in, in out status, and I can't put him on IR, which is just shitty. But um, Contemplating the fantasy team. Yeah. So, show. But if you're Columbus, I think that's it's a wise move to to go out and get a backup goaltender or somebody else who can I mean, you bring you him know, in, play. he's your starter. Yeah. Or at least you know one A one B situation yeah. with this guy. Um, I can't I can't but, see Howard minding too much. Like that's three hours away from Detroit. Right. Like you can easily you just keep your house in Detroit. You go down there. You grab an apartment for a little while. You can you can always like you can always make your way back right. pretty easily. And honestly, I still don't see Columbus making the playoffs. So yeah, they're going to be an interesting story. I mean, I I'm with you there too. I think they're worse off, in my opinion, than Nashville is. Even with the coaching change, I think their chances are, are less likely because they don't have, in my opinion, the offensive firepower to do so. They have to win those games, you know, three to two, two to one, really battle out. Where I think Nashville has pieces where they can go and win five to one if they need to. Well, in Nashville now. Nashville's further out of the playoffs. They're five points out of the playoffs. Yeah. So they've got a couple games in hand. But uh, when I look at Nashville, I go, all right, they haven't had a run. Like, they haven't not been good. Right. They haven't had this, like, oh, yeah, we went on a tear and we pulled our way back. Columbus is still out of the playoffs after losing once in regulation in the last 10-plus games. Right. 12-plus games. <laughs> and so, to me, that says, well, Columbus is on a run right now. 
and they're still not in the playoffs. It's Nashville stop. hasn't gone on a run yet, and they're due. Right. So, and if they go on a run, they'll be in the playoffs because they're on the just they're they're sniffing. Whereas Columbus was so far out of it. Yeah, they go on this nice little run. They pull themselves a few more a few points closer when all is said and done. But now you know Florida's been on a seven three run. Carolina's been pretty. They, they've kind of they've been playing 500 hockey the last 10 games. When's Carolina going to turn it on again? Because Carolina is a team that I don't I don't expect them to just lay down and die here. Like I think Carolina. Yeah, and speaking of they're, Carolina, they're, the they're making a push right now for Justin Williams to come back and it'd be interesting. It'd be a to great see. move for them. Yeah. So Let's provide a little bit of like that extra heart, that a little he spark, you know, yeah. right? Uh, yeah, and, and I mean even even further ahead, I mean Pittsburgh. Is without has been without a one of their top players all year long, and they've got fifty five points. Like they're they're just cruising right now. So I, I think when you're if you're Columbus, you got to look at this and go, all right, yeah, it would be great if we make the playoffs, but like, don't go making any crazy moves. Don't go trading away second round picks for Jimmy Howard. Bad idea. Like trader, you know, I don't think Detroit's going to take a fifth round pick for Jimmy Howard. No. There's no point. Just keep him in Detroit. Somebody's got to give you. At least a, probably a second round pick to get Jimmy Howard to come in. Maybe a third, but still, you trade you trade Howard for. Yeah, I would, but I mean, even still. And the crazy thing about Columbus is, uh, I think tonight they're playing. Uh, what is it, Vancouver? This is the first, second time in NHL history that teams with seven or more winning or you know winning streaks of seven or more games are playing each other. Uh, and the last time it happened, it was actually Columbus at Minnesota, uh-huh. and Columbus won. So interesting, good little stat. Um, all right, well let's uh, let's scoot along here, and we'll uh, talk about the World Juniors for a minute. Just you know, let's do it. Take a sidebar off the NHL. Uh, this year's World Juniors were were pretty fun. Uh, we got to see Lafreniere, and you, and you get to see some of these guys that uh, are coming up in the draft. And then you also get, it's fun when you get to see certain players that you know are going to make your team i was i was especially excited about like erasmus sandine a lot of guys were talking about he's he was the best defenseman in the tournament he was definitely the best defenseman on oh, i'm gonna say maurice snyder or cider yeah yeah it's fantastic yeah. loved him uh it's it's a great way that you can actually see these guys go up against other highly talented but the same age as like they're their peers and uh, so you kind of get an idea of what, what maybe you'll get uh but i thought the funniest thing that came out of the whole tournament so Russia has like two sports channels, right? And one of them had the rights to the World Junior Championship. I can't tell you the names of them. Uh, Channel A. They have the rights to the World Juniors. So they're showing the championship game. Russia and Canada are playing each other. Meanwhile, the other actually bigger sports channel does not have the rights. So instead of playing something else they go well we're gonna play the 2011 i think it was 2011 whatever year russia comes back in the third period like down three goals to canada and they win in overtime okay they play that game while the other game is actually on so all these people are tweeting about how russia is making this crazy comeback because <laughs> that game's on right tarasenko his wife tweeted that they were watching it on there for for a half an hour until Tarasenko said, "This isn't the right game. That's me." <laughs> Stop. And it. they switched over. I think it was like some politician was tweeting like, "Russia is the best. We we do we do the best." Something like that. And of course they 
they actually ended up losing to, oh, to Canada. But uh, that's great. Pretty funny. Uh, always make sure you're watching the right game. Yeah, I wonder if they like. I, I've seen a lot of replayed, you know, games on ESPN. Right. You know, back in the day, but they always like at somewhere there's like. There's some header or something somewhere where it says, you know, from 2011, or it'll say... Replay. You know, yeah, it'll say something in there where you can easily recognize that this isn't live, this isn't the real deal. Obviously, they did not want to do that. No. They were happy. I'm sure that channel was like... <laughs> Let's F with gotcha. everybody. <laughs> uh, yeah, so World Juniors, Canada wins the gold. Uh, good times. Good, good tournament. Uh, on to other international tournaments. It came out, I think, yesterday that... Matthews and McDavid, because they played each other yesterday yesterday or the day before? Yesterday, uh, yeah. And both of them said, like, yeah, we're pushing. Like, we want to go to the Olympics. Like, that is what we want. As players, that's what we want. And I'm starting to think that it's less of a... It's not a player issue of, oh, yeah, I mean, we got to take this, like, two weeks in between and, and we're going to be tired. Like, players don't care. They want to play in the Olympics. And my question is, what are the players going to have to give up to go to the Olympics? That's a very good question. I think, uh, boy, it's it's definitely going to be something in the next CBA, right? I mean, maybe it could be something where, you know, God, I don't even know. I I wouldn't even know where to begin with something like that because I know. So so here's the thing: the NHL has until August. To declare right. whether or not it's right. going to... The, the president of IAIHF right. came up, yeah. Has to do it. And so, I mean, you they it's not like they're in the middle of a negotiation when right. this deadline is going on, so there's no like bargaining chip for the players to say, right. okay, let's do this. It's more or less like, oh, we promise. You know, the Players Association will be like, okay, well, we'll do this, you know, maybe, and then, you know, you can always renege on negotiations. Sure, sure. But, uh, boy, do you think maybe it's like... You allow teams to have more buyouts of players without cap penalties or, you know, some stuff like that happening. I, I mean, well, I, I think first off, it starts with insurance. Sure. Right? So that's like, always the biggest concern, right? Because the guy gets hurt during yeah. the tournament, right? You're yeah, as an NHL owner, insurance? you're screwed. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I think that the IAHF, the last time they said, no, you, you guys are going to pay it. Yeah, that's what exactly. Which yeah. is insane because they're basically saying your exposure that you get from this is worth the cost of I think it was twenty seven million is how much was going to have to get paid out for the insurance of these players playing. Ridiculous. Um, and I'm sure that the owners went, no, like I don't want to, I don't want to pay out millions of dollars to have you go play somewhere where I don't, I don't hey, reap the benefits see, financially. See, it's, right? It's one thing to go, all right. It's it's a there is there has to be a way to measure. Like, all right, we know how many people watch this, how many people in. Europe watch it. How many people in China watch it? Like how many, you know, you can, you can get all the numbers of people watching. And of course there's ways to, to maybe uh, leverage the fact that people have watched your players and now you can go and you can say, Hey, you watch these players in the Olympics. Now come and actually watch the, watch our, our league. The problem is the league can't do anything with any of the clips from the Olympics because NBC, NBC owns it, but they, they don't, they don't let the league use them. That's one place that I would just say, look, like we want the right to be able to like, we want to be able to put this on our website. Like we want to be able to use this. Like if we want to put this on NHL network and do stuff with it, we should get it. Uh, I think that there's some, some broadcast rights things that should happen there. But in terms of the players, I think they should just be allowed to go. And honestly, 
I think they should figure out a way, continue playing NHL games. During the Olympics. During the Olympics. Okay. But once the, once the, the, like you play the round robin games, you continue playing these round robin. The next game's like in freaking China. So, yeah. So, all right. So the players go and they play these round robin games. Continue having NHL games and just play them like, well, some of these players are out. Whatever. Then once the, once the medal rounds begin, like once the actual tournament portion, like the elimination portion begins, then the league stops playing and then people watch those games. Let's be honest. Not that many people watch the round robin between Sweden and Germany. No. Like people in Sweden watch it. People in Germany watch it. Uh, probably not that many people, especially since it's in China. So that means that it's going to be at like 7 or 8 a.m. In Europe, it'll be like 1 p.m. So those people aren't watching it. So you, you continue having league games. Yes, it would be without your best players, but it would only be like three games, three or four games. You don't have to have it interrupt the schedule in a huge, huge way. Then once the medal rounds start, that's like a week. So you take your week off and you write it in. You, you say, all right, so most of the time, the way that the league has done it, you know, they have in the CBA where every team gets one week off. Right. There's your week off. The rest of the time you play, players that get selected to go play in the Olympics, go play in the Olympics. Once your team's eliminated, you come back. It's interesting. I mean, soccer does it. When soccer has international tournaments, those teams keep playing, and they just don't play with the players that go. Right. I think, I think okay, so if, if you're an NHL team, obviously your biggest name players are, are going. Same with soccer, right? But I think the difference is with a lot of these NHL teams – the depth isn't there to replace these well, okay. superstars. All right, let's, right? let's pick a team. Pick okay, uh, Washington, right? Alex okay. Ovechkin has been very outspoken about wanting okay, to play Ovechkin's in the Olympics. Okay, Ovechkin's gone. Yeah. Okay, and then uh, Kuznetsov. Kuznetsov is going to play for Russia as well. Yeah. Backstrom so is, will go so play in Sweden. Sweden. And John Carlson will probably go John play. John Carlson plays for Team USA. Yeah, and maybe Oshie goes and plays for USA because in okay. case the shootout happens. Okay, we'll say we'll say Oshie goes. <laughs> yeah. Which I, I don't think Oshie gets picked now. Okay, sure. Uh, so we'll say those four guys go. For two games, those guys, they can figure it out. Oh, well, two games. Your, your teams like Washington who are, yeah, at the top of the standings, no problem. You can afford sure. to be two or three games, and then if maybe you, you get two points out of those three games, like big whoop, you know, you're yep. still surviving. Yep. However... The other teams, like for instance, a Carolina, right? Sebastian Ajo going to play for Finland. Okay, he goes plays for Finland. That Tara, you know, Timo Teravainen. Maybe, yep. Maybe, maybe Teravainen. He goes over there too. Um, you know, you can maybe even write in Dougie Hamilton goes and plays for Canada. Maybe I'm not sure. That's possible. a possibility. Um, you know, maybe Peter Mrazek for the Czechs. Okay. They don't have a lot big goaltender pool, yep. so yep. Um, so that again. That may be not as big as a dent to your team as a team like Washington, sure. but you so know if that costs you a there's, game, there's probably four to five players per team that end up in the Olympics. It's possible. Yeah, you could you could easily look at each team. I mean, besides maybe like the bottom of the league teams. Um, so really, the only teams that it's going to benefit is the bottom of the league teams that don't have a lot of stars. Sure. So that means though that if Washington happens to be playing Pittsburgh. Well, Washington is without 
their five best players. Pittsburgh's without their five best players. Sure, so but it's really I think not that uneven. It hurts the bubble teams a lot more than it would hurt the teams at the top, because those bubble teams trying to make a push can't do it. You know, especially given the time when it's but usually in February. All those teams are at the same disadvantage. They've all sent players, so then you're well, playing I, against I teams that don't have your best players either. So I mean, it's a it's a solution. It's it mean it probably isn't going to be their solution, but I I mean I think that out of any other thing, like oh we don't want to take seventeen days off the schedule, okay well then don't, just keep playing, and let your team you'll you'll figure out real quick who has depth in their organization and oh, teams will plan for it. Teams will go okay all right we know that we're gonna have these guys out so you know what we're gonna we've got this rookie brewing in the AHL we're gonna bring him up during that stretch. Like there's different things that you could do. I, I think every team has the depth to where if five players go out, they can bring up five more from the American Hockey League. And oh, for sure. I mean, okay. Yeah, you get an opportunity to see some of these other guys. That's great. But what what cracks me up though is like the NHL right now. They're trying so hard. You know, the last couple of seasons they've been putting games in China, right? Yep. You've been doing this publicity in China, trying to grow the sport, and right. now you have an opportunity right. to put the best players from every team. Yep over there and you're so hesitant like the marketing value even if it's the insurance thing right even if you have to go out and pay 30 million dollars the marketing value of that as an nhl league you the the jerseys you'll sell all that crap you could potentially the jerseys that they sell for the team i don't get anything but but yeah okay yeah for the player themselves yeah right all all this publicity the marketing value of it especially with the new like trade deal where china is like they're much going to be much more strict with the copyrights and stuff that like they'll actually be a reason to go sell NHL jerseys in China now right. because everyone can't just make them from their workshop. I know, right? I'm sure they still will, but uh, Adidas jerseys now will not be sold. So Adidas, <laughs> you know, I I just my thought is one other one other benefit. Games are in China, so that means that even the round robin games those are like during the day. So you can play any, you can have NHL games going at your normal time, seven o'clock, and then you've got your games in the morning. Maybe yeah, NBC doesn't lose that them. prime time. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, to me, that's the best solution. Continue playing. Take one week off, and that's the one week that every team gets off, and that fits the current CBA schedule. You don't have to change anything in the CBA. You just say everyone gets this week off. If you want to go play in the Olympics, that's your choice. And I and I think that the league should have to go. If a player wants to go to the Olympics, they're more than they're more than welcome. They have to pay for their own insurance. Why not? Like why not? If a yeah, player wants to go play so. outside of their contract, then they need to pay for their own insurance if they want to. go And they play. don't get paid their NHL salary for the games missed, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I'd say that's fair. Yeah, sure. You can miss you can miss games, but they would. But that's where the that's where the some of the compromise would be. We're going to keep playing games, but during the week, your week off, we won't play games so that you can play over there. So really, you're going to miss out on like, you know, let's say somebody gets 10 million bucks. They're going to miss out on two games worth. So, right. It's, it's not going to destroy few hundred thousand them. dollars. Yeah. A couple hundred thousand in yeah. the grand scheme of things. It won't, won't destroy them, even if they have to pay. I, I, I don't know. I feel like it's fair. Like if Sidney Crosby has to, if he really wants to go to the Olympics and he has to pay $500,000 to insure himself, that's his call. Okay. Or like, or if somebody wants to, uh, you know, somebody wants to step in and, 
and Team Canada says, well, we have like we have this money. Hockey Canada says we're going to insure all our players because it's worth it for us to to have this or or the IIHF says, well, it's worth it to us to have these players here. So therefore, we're going to we'll pay for half, like whatever it is. I, I think that they could make it work. I think my solution is the best solution. <laughs> Find me a I better so. solution. That's the challenge. Find me a better solution. I think I think it's great. And it's and it's already being done in other sports. So it's not so you do have somewhat of a roadmap as to how you can do it. Yeah. Okay. It's interesting. Yeah. By the way, a little uh a little asterisk correction earlier. I did say Columbus is one seven row. I meant Tampa Bay. I'm sorry. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I knew that you meant that. I didn't even hear you say Columbus. <laughs> I heard you say Tampa, so Yeah. I would say I'd go back and edit it, but I don't want to have to go back. No, that's and not just fun. Like randomly find that. So I like to let the viewers, you know, yes. or the, the viewers, I, the listeners. I catch like those. listening to podcasts and being like, "No, you idiot! It was that." And then I, <laughs> I want record to my own, out. and I go, "I'm sure there's people that are that say that to me every show. You're an I- <laughs> you idiot." Yeah, I say a lot of stupid stuff, so that's fantastic. <laughs> that's perfect. Uh, anything else that you want to hit on before we get out of here? I mean, okay, I would love to just really quick, just maybe five seconds, just think, who's the next coach to get fired? Oh, next coach to get fired? I mean, we. I feel like every show yeah, we talk about a I mean. coach who's been fired, and either a coach, there has been, I think, like four or five of our last shows, there's been either a coach fired or hired right before we start the show. <laughs> uh, next coach to get fired. Wow, that's... That's a tough one because a lot of the teams at the bottom of the standings have recently fired their coach. Uh, so I don't think that it's going to be any of them. I, mm, I I, do not know. I don't think that we're going to see any other teams fire their coach for the remainder of the season. Okay. I think that we're, we've pretty much... like None of the teams that are in the top three of their division right now, even if they fall... Like let's say Arizona goes on a just a, a brutal like ten game losing streak. Rick Tockett isn't getting fired. No. Because I think that you're looking at their current position and going, wow, they're playing above their heads. But it's great to see that. Uh I yeah, Vegas, they're not they're not firing anybody. No, no one's no one's firing their coach. I don't I just don't see it. I mean, everyone's already fired their coach. That's true, yeah. So the, the, the only person I say that because I just I was just looking at the standings and I thought really quick, like, who's maybe the next Peter Lavuletta team that's like middle of the road? And I think it's Claude Julian maybe. Claude, Claude Julian, yeah. But yeah. again, I, I yeah, probably don't think maybe anybody gets fired. I don't think but. that Montreal's lo- looked at this season and said, yeah, we're totally going to crush it. Right. <laughs> I, I don't know. Montreal no, to all. me seems like a team that they're just middling. And they've been middling for so long, like, just be bad. Just be bad. For a minute. Yeah, they got to get rid of Carey Price if they want to be bad. Man, if they but. could just get Lafreniere. Just get that French kid in there in Montreal, right? Boy, he's wouldn't they French? love that? Alexis he is Lafreniere, French, yeah. right? Yeah, he's got to be French. Uh, yeah. And Carey Price just hasn't been very good. And unfortunately, that's kind of how he goes, Montreal goes. So uh, I think Montreal should be in some kind of free fall in terms of like, all right, let's start selling off some pieces. Let's, you know, I know that Montreal fans will kill me throwing around the name like uh, Brendan Gallagher, but Oof. he's got two years left. One year after this year, I know he's on he's on the IR right now, but one year after this year, three point seven five million, you could get a 
you could get quite a bit, I think, for Brendan Gallagher. Teams would love to have him. He'd be a guy, any team. I don't think there's a team in the league that couldn't take Brendan Gallagher and put him in their top six. No, a 50-point player who makes less than $4 million? Who does far more than what he gets paid, and he does, like, he's more more than just a guy that puts up points. Like, he, he's just, he's never going to stop. And, and I think he's the kind of guy that it's unfortunate that he hasn't really had many opportunities at the playoffs, but I think that he's the kind of guy that you want to be on your team in the playoffs. So I, th- I think Gallagher would be a great guy to, to look at to move just based on I, – I, they're not going to move him. They like him. I think he'll probably sign an extension there July 1st. But uh, Thomas Tatar maybe even could get moved again. He's got one year after this year. Uh they don't have a lot of a lot of like real high level UFAs like Dale Weiss. He's he's not moving the needle for me. Nate Thompson. Uh, they just acquired Marco Marco Scandella, so it's clear that they're you know with that trade they're looking for something. I guess Keith Kincaid could fetch a low draft pick for a team that needs a backup, but could flip Marco Scandella again. Could flip him again. They, I mean, Montreal does have they've got all their picks outside of their seventh round pick for this next draft. They also have Chicago's second, Anaheim's fourth, Winnipeg's fourth, Florida's fifth, and Chicago's seventh. So they have a lot of a lot of pieces to work with, not to mention Chicago's third next year and Ottawa's fifth next year. So there's they have some some things that they could move. Uh I just Montreal always seems to be these like they buy players that are just not going to do anything for them. Like yeah, this 0.1% upgrade on a third line player just is nothing like it doesn't matter. Uh, it's time to be bad, Montreal. It's time to just embrace the free fall. Yeah, they just drafted this like amazing goal scorer in the draft, and they've got Nick Suzuki. So, yeah, be bad now yeah. for yeah. these guys that right. are coming right. up. So that when they come up and they're ready to roll and they're in their prime, they actually have somebody who is a superstar that they can play along exactly. with. Exactly. Uh, now, granted, where they're at, they still have would have a shot at getting into the lottery, but it's, they need to fall a little more <laughs> before yeah, a little they, more. <laughs> before they have a real shot at the lottery, but all right. Um, I think that's our show. That's it. All right. We're done. Well, we hope you guys have an excellent week. Enjoy the hockey and, uh, stay, stay warm or not or not. Don't just don't stay warm. If you're in Florida, stay warm. Yeah, if you're in Florida, then you'll just you don't have a choice actually it's just gonna be (laughs) warm all the time but uh yeah yeah have a great week (laughs) 